Hello everyone, welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 196. It's not an uncommon thing for people, us, <laughs> to rewrite history. History in the sense of our personal stories, have you noticed? When things happen to us, or we make a mistake, or we overreact, or we don't like the way that we behaved in some way or responded, we can begin to change the story in our mind so that we can live with what we've done. In other words, it's easy to justify our behavior or our words. It's relatively easy. We're sort of wired this way. You know, we don't want to feel badly about ourselves, so we can convince ourselves that we did the right thing. So, for example, if I, um, if I was really angry at, say, Harry, let's say I was really angry at Harry, and um, I'm thinking about it, and if I feel guilty about the way I treated him, I can tell myself a convincing story about why I had to do what I did so that I don't carry around a lot of guilt or regret or shame. Now, the problem is, deep down, that it doesn't really fix things in the long run. It mean, it might, might relieve my anxiety in the short term. But if you look just a little bit below the surface, uh, you're, you're not free, you know? When you see Harry again, you're going to be uncomfortable. When you see Harry, you're going to, uh, if you can, get out of there as quickly as possible. Or if somebody speaks about Harry, you're going to be feeling uncomfortable. I mean, that all that undealt with stuff is going to once again surface, right? So really, anything in our lives that is unfinished resurfaces again and again and again. Something bad happened in childhood. Oh, yeah. And we remember it. Something bad happened in childhood, it probably come along and you'll be reminded of it in some way. Unless you've been set free or healed from it. Or if I did something I regret, well, yeah, you, you, well, we remember these things. If I keep reacting in a way that I don't like, if I wasn't true to myself, you know, we can keep avoiding or we can consider what Jesus calls getting set free. Getting set free from all the stuff that keeps on coming back to us and uh, surfaces at the most awkward times, causes us to overly react to things. And Yeah, Jesus said, yeah, if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. That's what we're going to look at today. This is the passage that we're looking at in John 8. It's a lovely line. If the Son, S-O-N, sets you free, you shall be free indeed. 
However, you know, with most of Jesus' teaching, there's always a bit of a catch in the sense that it takes ruthless honesty uh, to get free. And this is what Jesus challenges his listeners with in this conversation that we are sort of eavesdropping. You know, uh, you've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to stop pretending. If you're, if you're ruthlessly honest and stop pretending, then, yeah, you can live with a new found freedom. You don't have to live with the weight of unresolved tensions. The sun, if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed, he said. The truth will set you free. In other words, if you really want inner freedom, if you want to have a clear conscience, you're going to have to learn how to be ruthlessly honest with yourself. Because telling yourself the truth is the first step toward freedom. Well, actually, let me back up. Uh, Being aware of what you tell yourself is probably the first step toward freedom. Being aware of what you tell yourself. And then after that, it is telling yourself the truth is the first step toward what he calls freedom. We would say changed behavior. You know, dropping all the baggage that's weighing you, weighing you down. So, now, upon first hearing, you might think, well, that's not going to be too difficult, telling myself the truth. But actually, in reality, it's not that easy to be honest with ourselves because we have this knee-jerk reaction, right? We have this knee-jerk reaction to being wrong or being found out to be wrong or making mistakes or not being the kind of people that we really want to be or think we are. You know, some of us can get very, very defensive about that, so we're never wrong. So there's always a good reason why I do what I do. So there's always a good reason why uh, I say what I say, or I react the way I react. Jesus would say, that's not freedom. That's not freedom. Yeah. And this conversation takes place when he, it's actually a conversation with with some people who claim to be followers, but he looks at them and he says, no, I don't think so. You're not free. I'm watching your life. And uh, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. You don't have any freedom at all. So here's the, here's the passage. So he's in conversation with people who maybe at one time were following, but whatever happened, uh, they're certainly not for him now at this point. And this is what he says to them. He says, if you continue in my word... You're truly my disciples. And the truth will make you free. Now, remember that word for disciple is a student, right? We're all students of Jesus. If you you continue on in my word, what I tell you, you're truly my students. And the result of this is 
ultimately, eventually, over time, the truth is going to make you free. Okay, that's the actual line in the scripture. Now, let me give you an easier version. This is from Eugene Peterson's uh, version. And if you have a lot of trouble understanding the translation of the Bible that you're reading, or if you're not even reading anything, but you kind of fancy reading something, I would go with an easy, real, a really easy version, which is probably the message. So Eugene writes, this is his translation, if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you're my disciples for sure, and the truth will set you free. So when Jesus looks at these people, there's something about their life, the way that they're living, the way that they're talking, that in spite of what they say, Jesus is saying, no, no, I'm watching you and you're not free. You're filled with all the wrong stuff. And his listeners begin to get offended. He says to them, no, you're, you're not free. And, and his listeners say, well, what do you mean? Not free. What do you mean we'll get set free? We're not anybody's slaves. We're descendants of Abraham. We've never been a slave to anyone. And Jesus comes back second time and says, yeah, yeah, you are. You're a slave to sin. You're a slave to sin. Now, that's an interesting word, this word sin. Because when we think of sin, we think of individual acts of wrongdoing, right? Oftentimes when we think of sin, if we think of, if we use that word at all, we're, we're going to think of things like, well, it's something that you do that's really, really bad, like uh, murder would be a sin, or stealing, the Ten Commandments basically, stealing something that isn't yours, uh, hurting someone in some way with your anger, and um, yeah, these are all these are all good examples of things that are wrong, wrongdoing. But sin, the way that Jesus speaks about sin, hamartia, is much much bigger and deeper than that. Hamartia is what's actually translated to miss the mark, as in if you were doing a target practice and you were trying to let's say get the arrow right in the bullseye, you would never quite make it. So for Jesus, it's, sin is more like you're sort of, we're sort of born into this, into humanity. But we come with a propensity to not do what we believe is the right thing, either through choice or weakness because we can in other words, you can know something to be good and true, but still not do it. We can be our own worst enemy. So sin is much bigger than individual acts of, you know, well, you stole this from me or you were unfaithful to me and you're not a good spouse because you were unfaithful. Yeah, that's all wrongdoing. But sin is, is much bigger than that. It's, it's this whole idea that uh, people, oh, it goes way back. The best story, I think, is Adam and Eve in a way, which is like, um, don't eat the don't eat the apple. Well, we don't know if it was an apple, but for illustration, 
don't eat the apple, Adam and Eve. And the reply is, well, why? I want to do what I want to do. Okay, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Uh, I, I, want, I want this, and I'm going to do it. It's like, well, don't you want to listen to, like, God and be in harmony with God? No, I want to do my own thing. Okay, well, then let's like, go do it and see how far it gets you. So <laughs> that's, well, that would be my definition of sin this week. I mean, it's a, it's a subject uh, that would warrant a whole talk in and of itself. But it's definitely that, that the, the, it's the thing in us that keeps us stuck. It's the thing in us that keeps us repeating and repeating unhelpful ways of thinking and doing. And quite frankly, the only way we can get set free from that is what we call, biblically we call it anyway, which is grace, meaning we get rescued. God intervenes and rescues us because we can't seem to manage to do it by ourselves. Anyway, He's in this conversation with people, Jesus, and he says, no, you're, you're not free. You're a slave to sin. You don't have any freedom at all. You're a slave to sin. You are stuck. And so remember, he's talking to a group of people that they're actually, by the end of the chapter, they're completely against him. So if they ever were interested, if they ever were half-hearted followers, by the end of the chapter. They might start off strong, but uh, by the end of the chapter, they want him dead. So there are people who claim to follow him, but there's something about their way of living that is completely inauthentic. Their way of thinking about God, the way they think about themselves, the way they think about uh, Jesus, it's all false. And this is what he's addressing. Very bluntly, he says, you're dominated by the wrong things. You're completely off target and you're missing the mark. And, you know, I think broadly speaking, it's the idea that if you're, if you're in our life, the life of the Spirit, if your inner life isn't helping you grow in freedom, which looks like being more graceful toward yourself and others, being more loving, being more compassionate for yourself and for others, then something's wrong, right? Something's wrong. Because Jesus teaches that the true path has to lead to inner freedom. Now, I'm not saying tomorrow morning we get up and we're suddenly completely free and we don't have any hang-ups, but... There, that there is a progression of sorts that as we keep on releasing and trusting, we grow and we become more free. It's very easy for us to get off track. It's very easy for us to get dominated. Or Jesus, used, he used the word enslaved. It's even stronger. But it's very easy for us uh, to get dominated or influenced or led by the wrong things. Which, practically speaking, I mean, it looks like telling ourselves things that are simply not true. 
rather than the truth. Remember, he said the truth will set you free. People in general are well practiced in telling themselves lies, absolute nonsense. Yeah. Question what you tell yourself. You know, we don't use the word enslave so much in contemporary language when it comes to our, in our life, but um, we use the word addicted more. And an addiction, it can be a very subtle kind of thing. It's not always about drugs and alcohol and food. I mean, it could be, but it's something that has a hold of you, right? So you could be addicted to feeling guilty. Why? Because it's got hold of you. And you always feel guilty. And if you always feel guilty, then you don't have any inner freedom. See, Jesus would question that. He'd say, well, where's that guilt coming from? Well, I don't know. Well, you may be better sit with that for a while because that's not coming from God, that's for sure. Right? So do you know what you're telling yourself? I could be addicted to worry. That's a common one, Right? I'm worrying about the future. I'm telling myself all sorts of horrible things that could happen in the future or tomorrow or next week. And it's bad news, let me tell you. Okay, uh, where are you getting that information? Where is that coming from? Because if it makes you fearful and it depresses you, How do you even, you know, it's like, how do you even know it's true? Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Why are you telling yourself stuff that isn't even true? Or I could tell myself, I'll never fit in. Nobody understands me. I'm all alone. I'll always be alone. Who said that? Where's this coming from? No one cares about me. No one cares what I think. I don't really make any difference at all. What's the point? Who's saying that? It's like, question these things. Well, I felt this way for as long as I can remember. Why? Where is it coming from? Yeah, you see, this whole, it's the whole business of just being very, uh, well, self-aware, of course. Uh, and, but then the next part is not just self-awareness, but it's also a little bit of uh, questioning, you know? Jesus said, if you continue on in my word, you'll be set free. If you continue on in what I tell you, you're, you're going to get some freedom. But, let, but here's the opposite. If you continue on in your word, you're going to stay the same or get worse. So there's the choice, right? If you continue on in my word, what I tell you is true, it's going to change your life. Because you don't get to continue to tell yourself things that aren't true. This is one of the aspects of following Christ that's really, really important. It's this whole idea of replacing what we believe is true with what God says is true. And unfortunately, they're not always the same. You know, you don't come pre-packaged telling yourself the truth, you know. You're not born into this world with a propensity toward 
telling yourself what is true. Right? You'll see this even in children. They'll tell themselves things that aren't even true. Yeah. So Jesus uses this phrase like, um, if you remain in my word, then you're my students. We might say today, well, whatever you tell yourself, who are you getting your information from? Because the things you tell yourself will create your reality, right? So where are you getting all that information? I can't ever forgive this person, or I'll never be able to change, or I hate myself, I hate this part of myself, or... I'm always going to feel inferior or I'm always going to be inadequate in this area or I'm damaged or I'm insignificant or who says? Who says? You? Jesus says, well, here's the thing. If you continue on in my word, what I tell you, what I say, it will lead to freedom. If we continue on in our own word, that's, well, there's not going to be much change, is there? In fact, there could be, it could get worse, right? If we, if we, if we continue on with our own word, our own ideas, really our own stories, uh, particularly I'm thinking about negative stories, there's not going to be a whole lot of change. There's not going to be a lot of growth and there's not going to be much inner freedom at all. So uh, an important part of change and growth is this somewhat simple but difficult to do practice of paying attention to what we tell ourselves and then questioning it really. Well, whose voice is that? And if that voice doesn't lead to freedom in the sense of what is freedom? Freedom, Freedom's lightness. Freedom is encouragement. Freedom is, I get a little bit hope, you know? I think that, you know, maybe things are not the way that I'd like them to be, but I have a, a tiny, I've got a tiny glimmer of hope. That's grace. When that happens, that's grace. That's God. That's God coming and sort of like opening the door so that you can see, you know what? You don't need to get stuck here. There is another way. And that becomes the prayer and the heart cry. It's like, oh yeah, I, I can see how I, I, I can see how I can get stuck in my word. And I don't want to do that. Open the door that I might see and walk into a new way of being in this world, a way of freedom. There's the prayer, there's the heart cry, and there's the promise. If the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed.